0: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of your sacrifice to us. Thank you, Lord, for the life that you have made available to us. Today, Jesus, as we prepare to receive your word you who are the living eternal word, we ask you to come today now and speak to us in the fullness, God, of your heart to our heart. We receive the vessel you have brought to speak the word to us today, our brother and friend, Pastor Justin, bless him, Lord, now, I pray, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.
1: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I can't hear you. Praise the Lord. Lord. This is a time of the Lord and we must have a wonderful time to rejoice and praise Almighty God. Amen. Amen. I like singing. I feel like I can sing a short... Because I love Jesus, and if, uh, and if we are here, it's because of his mercy and love. This is a short chorus I wrote in 1996, when I was a missionary for Swedish in Kenya. You can ask Swedish, and that's how I ended here in Minnesota. When I moved to Congo, I went to New York. But before I was connected with Swedish in my home country in Congo. And that's why I love much the work of missionaries as they send on the field. Missionaries took me, Swedish missionaries, they took me like their own child while I was young. And people thought I was an orphan. I wasn't an orphan. I have both of my parents are alive, but those missionaries take care of me. They loved me more than they loved their own child. I grow up, they put me to the best school and boarding school. I'm the way I'm I because somebody invested in me. Say amen. amen. And when I was in Kenya, there was a missionary from Sweden who was a missionary in Kenya, and he left for uh, one year and they want somebody who will uh, relieve him for that time he was in Sweden. So they brought me from Congo to be a missionary in Kenya. And when I moved here in New York, um, I felt like I didn't love much noises and cars and traffic in New York. And one day I was walking around and I asked somebody, there is any Swedish here? <laughs> and the person told me, So you don't know where you are. This is America and Sweden is in Europe. <laughs> it, I wasn't luck. I saw the second one. I saw him. He, hold, he was holding his Bible. And he has a cross. I asked him, I'm asking, I know, because I already get the answer from the first person, but I started with the answer I get. To start with the other one, I say, I know I'm in US, but I'm asking, <laughs> do you know that if there is some, any place there is, because I knew where, while I was young, those missionaries were saying that they are Swedish, many Swedish lives in America more than those who lived in Sweden. And I know that there are some Swedish in the US, but I want to know where they are located. <laughs> So I say, sir, I know that I'm in US, but I'm asking, there is some Swedish here? And the guy he told me,
2: I heard that there is some bunch of immigrants.
1: (laughs) Uh Aha, I say, okay, those are my brother because I'm one of them. (laughs) There were a bunch of immigrants from Sweden. Who moved to
2: Minnesota?
1: Uh And I said, okay, I'm packing my stuff. I'm moving from New York to Minnesota. (laughs) And that's how I left 1998 from New York to Minnesota. I came in Minnesota. I didn't know no one. I was like the one who was around the pool over 30, 38 years. That person was around the pool before Jesus was born. Because Jesus went to heaven at age 30, and some lectures say 31, other say 32. But that person was around the pool 38 years. But when Jesus showed up, asked him, what can I do for you? And instead of him saying, I want to walk, he said, I don't have nobody. Who? And myself, I felt like I didn't have no one. But I heard Jesus. Right. Say amen. amen. And I went, when I called, I went to... Uh, some religious charity in the uh, Yellow Pages, I found World Relief Minnesota, and I called them, I told them, yes, I, I'm from Congo, and I'm moving my family from New York to Minnesota, but are you ready to welcome They say, sir, it's kind of a short notice. We are not prepared because everybody we welcome. We need to put everything together. I told them, don't put everything together. I want to come to Minnesota. So they looked to one missionary. Her name is Jody LaVan. She was a missionary in Congo for over 40 years. She was a nurse. And they sent her to wait me at, at airport. And they go to one house quick, fast. And I think that Jimmy knows where I was staying and the, those who were helping me when I'm loading containers to send to hospitals. They show up. Jodie picked me up at airport. And they brought me in one house, 1498 Sherburn Avenue. There wasn't nothing. It was like a, a gym room. Even some gym room have some seats and chairs. But I'd, I had something. I opened the fan. I had some water. Only water I had that <laughs> in my house from the fan. Okay. And she helps me to go to the cup food, midway, to get my first meal here in Minnesota. And that's how I ended here, because I was looking for my friend, Swedish. And that time I hear a song singing in my heart and soul. I didn't know what to say. I said only, I will praise you, Lord, all my life, with all my heart.
2: All my heart, heart, heart. All my heart, heart, heart. I will praise you, Lord. All my heart. I will praise you, Lord. All my heart. With all my heart. With all my heart. I will praise you, Lord. All my heart. I will praise you. You heal me all my life. You save me all my heart. You love me with all my heart. heart, heart. With all my heart, heart. I, I will praise you Lord Oh my heart I will praise you Lord hallelujah
1: oh my God. hallelujah let us pray God my father who am I to stand up here in front of your chosen one Who am I to speak on your behalf, God? Who am I to share your word to your people, God? But I believe, God, you know my heart. You know my weaknesses and my sin, the time I fail you and others. I really need you now to speak to me through these words. Please, God, inspire me in this time I have with you and your choose the one. I praise this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to share together the word of God. And I'm asking you this morning to tell anyone who is, you know, left or right. Tell your neighbor or anyone who is on your right or left, tell, forgive and move on. Tell your friend. Or maybe you can say forgive and let it go. Hallelujah. Let us read the word of God. Let's read Matthew. I'm going to read Matthew. Uh, 26. But before I can start uh, reading again, I will, uh, even I know my friend, wonderful Pastor Jim, did a wonderful introduction. My name uh, Justin Biakweli. I'm married and I have six children three boys and three girls. And uh, always my house, even when I was here in Minnesota, all my brothers and sisters from Africa and Congo, when they don't have a place to stay, or students who are here for, uh, I-94 visa student, visa, if they don't have a place, they always come to my home. Like now, those students who came from Congo, now they are living with me in Boone, North Carolina. Now, I'm from North Carolina, but my home, I can say, is Minnesota, where I have been in the past, uh, uh, since 1998, that's 14 years. And I've been in North Carolina in the past three years and a half as international regional director for Samaritan Purse, overseeing thirty six countries, thirty six countries, working with Franklin Graham, if you know Samaritan Purse. But I miss home and I feel in coming back home. Like past said, anyone who can know there is a small place to rent, really we are looking for a place. And I did talk to my wife this morning, and I told her I will be sharing the word of God with you. And she told me to say hi to you. I love my wife. I'm the way my she make me, she did, my wife did make me to be a good servant. I learned from my wife. One time we have leaders seminar. It was a course done by Samaritan Peirce, they call it executive course. It's done in two years, but it's done in four sections, in like two months, two months per year, one month, in six months, one month. The second, it was done four times for two years, executive course, and they were asking us each one to say, who is your hero? write down, it was like an essay to shovel down, what is your hero? And myself, I checked. I know I'm not talking about Jesus. He's my hero because he's already my hero. But I wrote down, my wife is my hero. She, I can't do what she does. She takes care of my six children while traveling and flying around, teaching and training and preaching. She loves me. She forgives me. I offended her with my sinful behavior, but she was able to forgive me and move on. Who is like my wife? She's my hero. I love her. And if when you can discover what you have in your own, your blessing is in your own home. When I learned to love my wife and my children, and the blessing of God was pulled upon us. Your blessing is where you are. Your blessing is with those God gave to you. Stop complaining and murmuring. Because you have what God gave to you, and you are blessed. If, can I say, can I hear Amen. Let us read the word of God. Matthew 26 69 through 74. Here I'm not Okay, let's read here first. Okay. Matthew 26 69 Now Peter set outside the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. <laughs> but he denied. He denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are, you are saying. If I was in America, that house, I say, I don't know what are you talking about. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl, saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow, this brother, this sister, also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied with an no, oath, I do not know the man. And a little later those who stood by who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Huh? I'm not teaching today about the speech. Because there is a course I always teach for one week about an accent. (laughs) Can you hear my accent? (laughs) I'm speaking something sound like English. But also, if you can speak my language, if you can speak French or Swahili, you'll have an accent. Ah! The one, the bias about accent didn't start today. Did you hear here also Peter? The one who Jesus was telling him, you have an uh, an accent. When they tell you you have an accent, feel good because you are speaking your original language. When you speak the language is not yours you have an uh, an accent. Do I have one? Yes. For your speech betrays you. 74 Then he began to curse and swear saying, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, "Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times." So he went out and wept. With Let's go to Second Kings. Second Kings. Second Kings. <clears throat> Chapter 7, verse 9. And during our sermon, I will be also giving you a few passages in the Bible. And uh, maybe if you does not read the place, you will have a time to go to read yourself home. But I'm going to read only this Matthew 26 and uh, 2 Kings 7, 9. 9. Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come. Let us go and tell the king's household. Amen. Pastor. You remind me for some time, you know, as Pentecostal, when we are led by the Holy Ghost, we forget the time. But try to do me like this. <laughs> Don't do me like one pastor invited a Pentecostal pastor, a Baptist pastor, invited a Pentecostal pastor to preach to his church. And the Pentecostal pastor, because he was led by the Spirit and he poor, he went on and Oh. And the time ran by. But the pastor instead telling him to stop, the pastor was saying, Amen Pharaoh. Amen Pharaoh. Amen Pharaoh. After when the sermon was over at the end of the church, the pastor asked the Baptist pastor, the Pentecostal pastor asked, what happened? When I was preaching, he was saying loud Amen Pharaoh in French pharaoh. Okay, Pharaoh? I I was telling you, please let my people go.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you know how God
1: <laughs> Because Pharaoh didn't <laughs> it takes a while him to let the people go. <laughs> And the pastor was saying, amen, Pharaoh. (laughs) Mean that, please, (laughs) let my people go. (laughs) Life is not fair. And sometimes we like things to be equal. Like when I started to say that when I'm teaching about forgiveness, I can see the image. Like I said at the beginning how my wife was able to forgive when I betrayed her, but she was able to forgive me, but she didn't forget. Some people can say that you are not forgetting because if they can put themselves, they, they can go in your shoes. Or if they can see what you went through, every God can light them, your heart, of what you are going through. They will understand why you forgive them, but you didn't for, forget. And sometimes you can think that maybe when we are in the church, is a rosy place. Yes, it's a rosy place is a fellow. But there is time, your member or your friend, the one even you pray for with him or her or sing together, can betray you, can hurt you, and will try to say, maybe I need to quit the church. One time, I'm not saying the church here in the U.S., I was working as a minister in one church and there was some church are led by the board of elders, deacons, and between those deacons there were two of them who didn't like me. No matter what I do, is wrong. No matter what I say, is wrong. And if I want what they're planning to do to get shut down by deacons I need to put my input. One time 19 November 28 1999 you see I forgive but I didn't forget. <laughs> Hello At that time I felt stressed. I say my God, that's how you called me. I thought I will get peace in the church. I taught those people. I'm walking with them. They will take me with open hand, welcome and love me and hug me and they understand my accent. Hello? <laughs> it wasn't I didn't get roses from them. One night, that night, it was a cold, brutal winter. And you know here in Minnesota how the winter can be. At 2 a.m., I was sleeping. I felt depressed. I felt like where to go? I needed to abandon the church. I left the bed with my pajamas without shoes. Winter in Minnesota. I went outside my building on 1498 Sherburn Avenue in St. Paul, zip code 55104. <laughs> I went out. The voice of God told me, get out your bed. I left. I went outside. There was a bunch of snow outside without shoes, without socks, without sweater. Frozen 2 a.m. The voice told me, Justin, bend down. I bend down. They ask me to, like a small kid, to design or to a small person. I make a big head because one circle, one line, two skinny arms, two skinny legs. And the voice told me, Justin, stand up. I did stand up. And the voice told me, warp the picture, just draw on the snow. I wipe the picture. And God told me, It's myself who made you, and it's myself who will wipe you out. Say amen. amen. Those deacons were ready to wipe me out, but God told me, I oh, will no one will wipe you out. Can you imagine sometime at work your colleagues want to wipe you out? Sometime where you walk your relatives, or maybe those people you trust. They want to wipe you out. And we remember in your own family, danger can come from your own family. Even Jesus said, Your enemy is closer to you. Joseph, remember that story? He never done nothing wrong. He was a wonderful. Because somebody, the parent, what is wrong if the father can love his own child? What is wrong with that? The father shows affection to his loved son, but the siblings weren't happy. What is wrong for me dreaming? Aha! huh those who doesn't who don't dream don't like those who dream those who don't pray don't like those who pray those who don't praise don't like those who who praise. hello Sometimes, in in boon they are used when i say hello and they say hi means you are with me hello The brother didn't like him because he's dreaming. Because of the gift God gave to him. Sometimes you never see you can sing solo. You will think your neighbor or your colleague will say amen, but she or he will feel bad. Maybe God give you a gift to play music. Maybe God give you a gift to preach. Or God give you a gift to speak in tongue. Or God give you a gift to be a wonderful organizer. Sometimes you want to do something, they ask you to organize it, and you will do it, chap, 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 wonderful. But other, you will think they will love it, you will never say, no, thank you. It happens. It didn't start today. They want, they plan to kill him. You guys know the story about Joseph. But what I'm trying to show you here, I'm trying to show you something about Joseph that inspired me. And if we can read, we are not going to read that, but uh, Genesis 45, um, verse 3 through 5. We will see how God used those rebuke, mistreat of wrong dawn on Joseph to put him in a higher level. Amen. And here now we see that he forgave them, but he didn't forget. Maybe let's read a little bit there. Genesis. Uh... 45 3 through 5 Then Joseph said to his brothers I am um, You know sometimes people who does bad things they don't they think that you don't know or you forget because they are blinded by their hatred they are blinded by sin and that's why the bible said that those who are in sin who are sinning are walking in darkness they don't see clearly. They don't know where they are going and they don't know where they are coming from. Even how you can forget how you does not know the image of your own brother. You sold it. They made like they don't know him. They showed like they never met him. And are them who sold him. How come somebody you grow up in the same house, eating together, the same table. You do like you don't know him. My Bible is shredded. When I was at the orphanage, because sometimes my kids at orphanage, they don't have enough toys, I forget my Bible on the table. They were fighting for it, they shred it. That's why I love it. Anytime I have it, I remember those orphan my babies I have in Africa. They shred my Bible. They were firing it, they thought my Bible was a toy, and they started one getting a piece of my Bible. 45-3. Then Joseph said to his brother, I am Joseph. Dad my father still alive? But his brother could not answer. En français, on dit que le méchant prend fuite tant que personne le poursuit. Mean means that bad people, sometimes they run without nobody pursuing them. But his brothers could answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Say Amen! Woo! God will raise you high and those people who are trying to betray you there will be a time they will glorify God for what he has done. Can you clap his hands for the Lord? Say Amen. And Joseph said to his brother please come near to me so they came near. Then he said, <laughs> Because you can't welcome somebody you didn't forgive, right? You did forgive them, right? That's why he welcomed them. That's why he told those people he were with them in the room, Can you go out so I can talk to my brothers? Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near, then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. He forgave, but he didn't forget. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself because you sold me here. Second time, in the same sentence, he reminded them, for God sent me before you to preserve lives. Amen. And maybe you can say, maybe, maybe Pastor Justin, you don't know what you are talking about. How can you tell me to forgive and move on and I still have scars I have scars of what wrongs they did to me. I have scars of what happened to me. How come you can tell me to forgive? But this passage we just read here is teaching us four points. How you can forgive while having your scars. How you can forgive and let it go. First, Joseph took the initiative, the initiation, initiative of reconciliation. Hello, are not the brothers who who initiated the reconciliation? The one who had scars was Joseph. But he was able to forgive and let it go. He initiated the reconciliation. When I wronged my family, when I betrayed my wife, I was ready to run away, but my wife initiated the reconciliation. Hello? First thing to do when you have been Wronged on, and you are ready to move on but you can't forget you still have scars it's the first thing you need to initiate made the first step of reconciliation but he didn't forget second what Joseph did here he was empowered with what they did hello sometimes people can think that they are trying to erase you but they are empowering you to move on so you can go to the higher level when jesus you see you remember when jesus went to heaven already to go to heaven he the disciples were afraid They were afraid and they didn't know how are you leaving earth and what are we going to do? He told them, go in Jerusalem in one room. Don't be in the lower level. You must be in the upper level. Mm. Hello? When you go to the upper level, something will happen. And when they were praying at upper level, the spirit of God came. Upon them. They were empowered by Jesus. And you must be empowered with what was done to you. Don't feel vulnerable, don't feel victim. Anytime time more you keep feeling victim and they will be, you will be seeing those scars and will be weak and will not move on. Be empowered with what happened to you. Look the scars. Look for what wrong they did to you. And look up. Look at Jesus, the star of your face, and the one who will finish it. Amen. Three. Water. Joseph did after I said, first, he initiated the reconciliation, second, he was empowered by what they did to him, three, start the project of start forgiving. Amen. Because when you see you initiate the reconciliation. You are in the process, the third now you need to for to forgive. He was ready after he initiated the reconciliation. After he was empowered by what they did to him, he forgave them. And fall, after you forgive, bless them. Say amen. He blessed them. He gave them what they didn't expect to get. And it's like, he's wrote in Matthew 18.35. Matthew 18.35, the Bible say, Forgive your brother, forgive your sister with all your hurt. Sometimes people can forgive from the mouth. Eh? They want only to tell you so you can feel good. But forgive from the heart. And Joseph used Jesus' principle. Matthew. The one I just read for Matthew eighteen thirty five. Forgive your brother or forgive your brother and sisters from your your heart. And while that happened, all that happened doesn't mean that Joseph did something wrong only because of the gift he, he got from God. I remember one person in my home village. He didn't have money. He wasn't really a, well, a person known in his village. Anyone who can want to kill him will kill him for what? Why? But him, he was doing one thing early morning at 6 a.m. He will start what? Jogging. Walking, right? Every morning. He wants to be healthy. He wants to be strong. He will start r- jogging, what? running early morning. But the neighbor didn't like that. Only running. The neighbor was a witch, and the neighbor decided to put witchcraft because they know where well he always passed every morning. Every morning, and he failed until now. He's an handicap. The witchcraft tangled his feet. That person hit him only because he always wake up early. Don't think that sometimes you can ask yourself, "What did I do for suffering or going through this?" That's why we are called a Christian. What Jesus did to deserve or to get all hatred you got. And here, where I was reading about Peter. Peter was somebody who was chosen by Jesus. Jesus used all his time to invest in Peter's life. Jesus was the mentor for Peter. He was the teacher. Jesus gave Peter did give what Jesus gave Peter the food, whatever he needed. But God is God. Hide me. Hide your husband. Hide your brother, your sister, your wife, your pastor. Hide your pastor Jim, but God, you can't hide him. You can run, but you can't hide. God knows the heart of Peter. That you are talky-talky. And you know that Peter was from zealot tribe and the zealot were minority and the zealot because they were minorities they were telling them that they were trying to protect themselves the zealot were part of those jewish who were in greek in greece and they came back from greece to to their homeland and they felt mistreated and they felt minority and they felt attacked. So each little child, Zelot when he was growing up, they would tell him, be careful, those people are trying to eliminate us any time, remember, to be carrying a knife with you. So each Zelot was carrying a machete or a knife in his suit. That's why even if you remember when they came to capture Jesus, Peter didn't go home to get the machete. I didn't go to the market to buy the machete he has the machete with him Jesus called him and he had the machete Jesus was taking him to go to pray on the mountain and Jesus know that he has a knife hello Jesus was giving him responsibility in the ministry and he know that he has machete. And one time when they come to capture Jesus, what did he do? He took the machete and he cut the ear. What Jesus told him? Put back. (laughs) Say amen. That's what's about. Put your machete where you you took. Put back your macheri, the place you took it. We will walk with those who has macheri and those who has It's not about us or us who need to take the machine from somebody. Only by the word of God and praying is Jesus only who can deliver somebody from your culture, from your sinful life. I, you, you don't have the power to set somebody free. Only the power of the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ. Say amen. God knew one day you will betray me. And remember, where we read this one girl. And the, the writer mentioned the girl twice. Because in their society, the woman didn't have a place. Remember even when God, Jesus, fed 5,000 people. Jesus didn't fed 5,000 people. He fed over 25. Because for the family Jewish, they had minimum wife, husband, and three children. La moyenne familiale means the level. The average... The average of the family for Jewish were five. A small boy who gave them the bread, he wasn't counted. They counted only those men who were there, but the boy who, gi- who donated the bread, they didn't. Don't think whatever you will do will get counted. People are brutal. People are easy to forget what you did for them, they see only how wrong you are. And Peter, Jesus taught him. And here when a young girl, they said a young girl, means that for the culture, not only a young girl, they say a servant, young girl, means that somebody who didn't have a value and the society will talk to a man. Not only a man, somebody who is known as a disciple. Not only a disciple, somebody who is walking with the master. Not only the master, the master, Jesus, the king of kings. Well, if somebody can say, I walk with the governor, I walk with Obama, you will start saying, yeah, really? He's a good shot. Means Peter was well known because he had a structure, he was with the king of oh. Of the kings, but the small girl say, "You, with your broken English, with your accent, I can hear you. What Peter said? Uh-uh, I don't know him. He ran away. He taught some. T- you see, some when people want to do bad things, they think to change the room, to change jobs, to change churches, to change whatever they are. That how will make them to change their life or their behavior." He changed the position. He went to another po- position. To another corner, he's walking. Another girl, the second. <laughs> Say amen. amen. The second girl told him,
2: <laughs>
1: I can hear you from your, your speak. Yeah. I'm not talking about speak today because one day maybe God will open a door we'll do a sermon about accent and speech. From your speech, I know your speech, you are sounding like your master. Do you sound like your master? Do you sound like him? Do you talk like him? Is your accent, when people can hear your accent, do they see Jesus' accent? Or they see your hatred accent? Your bias accent? Or is the way you want to put (laughs) charismatic, Way so people can know, but yourself, you know your life. And here, the second girl, he ran away. The third, he meet a man. They ask you, you are one of them. He start. Now, one thing I'm trying to ask here. Is really, because I'm trying to show you about forgive and let it go and move on. Is this true that Peter didn't know Jesus? It is true that Peter didn't know Jesus? If you can read Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 through 19 He was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He called Peter with his brother Andrew. Means that how can you can forget somebody who, call, who called you? Second, if you read Matthew eight fourteen through fifteen, Jesus healed Peter's mother lo- ma- mother-in-law. Really, you don't know somebody? Your mother-in-law was about to die. Your mother-in-law. We try to say how people don't think that whatever you do will get recognized. Whatever you do, don't do it because you want to get well-known here at Bethel Christian Fellowship or to be known with a member. But do it for the glory of God. Say amen. amen. Him, your mother in law was about to die and Jesus healed her. And you say that? You don't know Jesus? Matthew 14, 22-23. You don't know Jesus. Even there is some people who can do, but there's some some thing you can't forget. He saw Jesus walking on the sea, on the water. How come you can forget somebody? <laughs> I don't know him, and he was walking on the water. There is some stars we see on TV. We can't forget them, only because they play music and the music sound good. And when they are on TV, we will start.
2: Even
1: there is all like there is one. uh, I don't know my. I have teenagers, and they love. There is one young girl. She does music. Mariah Carey or something like that. Who's that? Eh? Mariah Carey. I don't know that those things. That those cute names. I can't uh, spell them. Mariah Carey. Carey. Yeah. If she can come in sample in this town, everybody, our teenager will get cra- crazy. Why? Because she they they heard about her on TV. Or they heard the music. But Peter said don't know Jesus after he saw the star walking on water. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? You don't know Jesus? For Matthew 17, 1 through 13. You don't know Jesus? And you were with him on the mountain? And when you saw the transfiguration, and you start saying that you are going to build shelters? Jesus didn't go to the mountain to build shelters. When Jesus was praying, Peter was sleeping. And those who don't have prayer, they will make us to build shelters where we don't need to build shelters. Peter didn't plan to go to build shelters. Jesus didn't go to build shelters on the mountain. What he went to go there is to pray. And Peter was sleeping. But when he woke up, sometime when you are sleeping, you never wake up and do this like you will see like when you do like this and your table will stand up. Or something will get scared of you in your own house. Peter, when he wake up, he say, oh, I just see three. I saw Elijah, Moses, let's build shelters. Jesus didn't go to the mountain to build shelters. He went to the mountain to? pray. And those who are lack of prayers, sometimes they will make us to build shelters where we don't need to build shelters. Let's keep praying the church of the Lord. Amen. But all of that, Jesus, he didn't give up. Even if Peter denied him, even if God, Jesus, did a lot of things for Peter, but Jesus was ready to forgive him and move on. Say amen. amen. And that is the story for ending the story we just read in the book of Second Kings. If you can read the story in Second King, that telling us what we are doing is not right. Take a time, ask your soul and mind and say, what I have been doing, the life I have, my action and attitude are not right. There were those four lepers. Syrian was suffering, besieged Samaria. And they put them somewhere. They were hungry. They didn't have food or water. But you see, even your own, can kick you out. Those four lepers, they were inside. But because they have the law, we are not living by the law. We are living by grace of Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Because of the law, that they can't stay together with those who who have leprosy, they took them from the family in the compound. They throw them outside. Move on your own. Take care of yourself. Those four lepers were outside the gate. And the Syrian army were up there. They want to attack the children, the people, the nation of God. But those four lepers, they said, we are outside. If we go inside there, we know they are dying because they don't have food. But our enemy up there, I know they are killing us. Even anyway, even if we don't go where they are, we are going to die because those who are inside, those who kicked us out, they are dying. They don't have food or water. And as we are outside, also we are dying. It's better to die after I eat a piece of bread. So they decided to say, okay, the Syrian army is up there. And you know that when you have leprosy, sometimes you don't have nails, you don't have fingers, you don't have toes. And at times they didn't have shoes. Ask yourself, the Syrian army were up with machine guns. They were up with all kinds of automatic guns, but there were four guys with their their wounds. Four guys with scars. Four guys has been rejected. Four guys have been abandoned. And they said, we are moving forward to the camp of army of Syria. And when they were going up, they have one purpose. We are going there to get even something to eat. If they will kill us, it's better to die after eating some, something. But God used their scars. God used the wounds of those lepers. When they were going towards the camp of the children of the soldiers of Syria, the commander, the chief of the army said, Can you hear that? The wound became a gun, the scars became a launch rocket. The times they were going toward the camp of the army of Syria, the chief of the army told them, let's run because the Samaria have some ormatic and heavy guns we don't have. Say amen. amen. God used their weakness, God used their wound and their suffering to be a salvation for their nation. Amen. And when they went to the camp, they arrived, all the soldiers of Syria ran away. And the lepros, they start eating. But, can you see? Now, those people who kicked them out, they didn't didn't have no business to do with those who has leprosy. But, when there were food, the food those leprosy touched, they told them, brothers and sisters, even if you kicked us out, we found something. Oh, what is that? There is food, water, and bread. All of them, run. And you know how they put Because after they arrived there, they had time. They eat and they drink. But they know, let's eat our food. Those people kick us out. They think that we'll not have a better life. They don't like us. My parents don't love me. I don't care about them. I'm getting my job after my degree. I will not care about them even if they get old. I don't care. I don't care. I have a husband who is not working. I can't take it anymore. I will kick him out and I will be okay. Hello? But after they enjoyed their blessings, after they enjoyed what they got, Nine, they talked to themselves. Let's forgive them and move, move on. They said, what we are doing is not right. How can we play with food and our brothers and sisters are suffering in the camp? Let's go and inform them. Because if the king will know this, we'll get a heavy punishment. Ask yourself. What you are doing is not right. If the master, if the king will know it, you will get a heavy punishment. Things are not happening because of your scars. Things are not changing because of what you went through. Things are changing because of the scars Jesus got on the cross. If Jesus, wasn't res- if Jesus didn't resurrect with scars, our Easter movement was incomplete. But when he rose again, he showed his hand with scars. He shows his feet with scars. He showed his side with scars. He forgave and he moved on. And that's how what you are doing is not right. And it's the time I'm asking you are you ready to forgive and let it go? Are you ready to forgive and move on? With your own, you can't. With your own skills, you can't, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is able. Come here, we are going to pray for you. Anyone who needs prayer, please come. Forgive and move on. What you are doing is not right. What you have been doing is not right. What you are doing is not right. When the master will come upon, you will get a heavy punishment. If you need prayers, come here, Pastor Jim, and elders will pray for you.
0: We want to respond to the word of the Lord this morning. Powerful word to our hearts. We've been talking about living the dream A couple weeks ago, we talked about forgiveness and the liberating of the dream, and today we have an exclamation point on that word. The Lord wants to transform us from the inside out, and He takes, He brings beauty out of ashes. He takes broken vessels and He shines His light through. But you heard the four steps we initiate. We're the ones who take that first step. We, we remember that we look up beyond the wound that's happened to us. And we see the face of Christ. And we take the decision and the choice to let go of the rope and begin the process of forgiving. And then blessing begins to flow in our lives. I didn't tell, what past, tell Pastor Justin what to preach about today. This is the word the Lord put in his heart. And I believe the Lord is speaking to us afresh and anew again today. Because as Tom said earlier, He loves us too much to leave us the way we are. He wants to bring that transformation to our souls. So if you're struggling this morning, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, forgiveness is not forgetting. But in forgiveness, we do move on. And the Lord wants you to move on today. So this altar is open. Lord Jesus, we ask that You would do the work that only You can do from the inside out. Through the power of Your grace and mercy, Lord Jesus, I pray that You would flood our hearts. Lord, even as we have been forgiven, Lord, grace to forgive. I pray that You would pour out and in, pour into us and then pour out through us, Lord, this grace of forgiveness, Lord, in this house. Jesus, I pray this week as we connect with Your dream for the nations, Lord God, we know that, Lord, even at the root... Of so many of the conflicts and wars around the world is unforgiveness and bitterness lord god and the things that have not been let go i pray jesus that you would begin the work of releasing forgiveness lord even where it seems impossible jesus i pray that you will raise up men and women who will bring forgiveness into the nations for your glory in jesus name and now with hands open i pray that you would be filled with fresh with the immeasurable love of God the Father and the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son and the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor and goodness over your life until we gather again either in this house or our eternal home with Him forever. I bless you, people of God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.